the shot. to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. I'm your host, James Rose, and today I'm joined with the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who bottles the tears of Arsenal fans, and you think Pochettino should legally shorten his name to Pooch. It's Gerard Bustamente. How are you, bud? I am absolutely fantastic. How are you, sir? <laughs> I thought you'd be like that. Yeah, I'm good. Um, and from the red side of the table, he's the chairman of the Arsenal Kansas City fan group, the man who watched Arsenal lose both of last week's fixtures live in England and who may still be suffering subsequent jet lag. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, it'd be nice if the seventeen eighteen campaign would just end. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Uh, And we're excited to announce a new guest this week. He's the host of the Citizen Abroad podcast, speaking to us from just outside of New York City. And my guess is he's quite the Man City fan. Please welcome Mr. Tim Crean. How are you, bud? Good. I'm doing well. And uh, I hope the 17-18 season goes on forever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, Let's kick off the contest then with our top three segment where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Three points for guessing number one, two for number two, and so on. Tim, since you're the guest, you're going to get to go first. So out of all the English soccer fixtures played over the week and weekend, what do you think was the most talked about? Well, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to go ahead and stick to my brand here and say it was uh, Man City overcoming Chelsea parking the bus uh, a few hours ago. You would be absolutely correct, sir. Yes, that will get you... The three points. Um, Man City, uh, to a neutral perspective, they seem pretty invincible. Uh, Perhaps this performance can suggest otherwise. But what do you think, if anything, other teams can do to try and get all three points from this team? You know, they have seemed pretty invincible all year. And honestly, their biggest flaw... Uh, has has been depth or, or lack of depth, injuries, possibility, things like that. And they're starting to come out of the other side of that. So uh, who knows exactly what people can do? I mean, it, it's amazing to watch. You know, I tweeted this out earlier during the game. But to think that, you know, this is a, a Chelsea team that played just two absolutely scintillating Premier League games against Man City last year, uh, both resulting in victories for them. And to watch them become uh, a complete bus parking team today and, and be so negative and let City have 70 plus percent of possession is, is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if City continues to get healthy, they add a little depth to the back line. Um, Fernandinho being out right now still worries me and we'll see uh, how quickly Sterling can come back. He's out a little longer than I expected. But uh, honestly, you know, even as someone who analyzes City all the time, I don't know what teams can do uh, if City itself stays healthy and fit and and on form. Boyce, do you think it was a a tough but fair result for Chelsea? Ultimately, I think it was completely fair. The reality of the situation is that Silva scores a goal in the 46th minute after Manchester City has spent basically the entire first half dominating possession and then... Chelsea just continues to park the bus. City just dominate Arsenal live last Sunday and then getting the pleasure of doing it again on Thursday. It's a situation where this team is just dominant and their defensive frailties just haven't been exposed. It's a situation where they started Odomendi and Zinchenko today and it doesn't matter. Arsenal failed to finish the one or two chances that they were afforded against City, but I'm just not sure that it matters writ large. And it was interesting to see... 
Chelsea's sort of opposition strategy to what Arsenal attempted to do. Arsenal tried and failed to play with City from an offensive standpoint. Today, Chelsea decided to play Mourinho-level negative football to the same effect. When you allow the other team 70% possession, you've got to score. And they just didn't. I mean, the 30% possession that Chelsea had today might as well have just been them strolling around in a park for a little while. They didn't do anything with it, and they never really threatened. It was one of those situations where you always got the gist that if Manchester City had managed to concede a goal and Chelsea had drawn it 1-1, that City would just shift up another 15 gears and score two to three more goals. It's not even competitive at this point, and you really do wonder... With City having an 18-point lead over Liverpool right now, and at best, I guess, a 16-point lead in the event that United win tomorrow, yeah, you don't even need to play the rest of the games. Mm-hmm. It's already already a done deal. Uh, Jared, anything to add from this performance and obviously the previous ones? I, you know, I just I wonder if the parking the bus versus just they didn't have any other option. I mean, Chelsea struggled to get out of their half for anything because of a swarming City side. Uh, Echo Boyce and Tim, I just think this is a scary good team. And uh, when when they're able to swarm like that, you can't you, you almost have to let them have the ball. I mm-hmm. hats off to City, and uh, uh, I, I I think this campaign was over back in October. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think maybe even like <laughs> earlier than that. <laughs> but uh, um, we must earmark the Spurs Man City game. I think it's April fourteenth. Um, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Are Spurs going to get rolled again, or do you think they have a chance? <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm too. Um, you should be. Yeah, I think we all should be terrified. Uh, right, let's swiftly move on then. Uh, boys, you're up. We have second and third spots still to guess. What do you think? Well, we've already covered City, so I'll forgo the 3-0 thrashing of Arsenal on Thursday and instead go with Arsenal's dour performance against Brighton and Hove this morning. That that might do it. Yeah, I was going to say pick an Arsenal performance, but, I mean, you got it. Um, so that'll get you the two points. The Seagulls of Brighton claim a shock win over the fading Gunners. Final score is 2-1. Arsenal, just to rub it in, boys, have now lost four straight games in all competitions for the first time since 2002. So, we've talked about this many times before, but where does this leave Arsenal for the rest of the season and even moving into next season? I mean, how can they find that winning mentality again? They're not going to find the winning mentality as long as Arsene Wenger is in front of this squad. As long as he is the manager, I think you might as well just pack up your bags and go. I think our chances of even overcoming AC Milan in the round of 16 in the Europa League are are dire at best. You know, you see Guardian articles coming out about the squad rioting against Wenger and basically saying that they're not going to get any help from the coaching staff in terms of whatever the tactics and strategy are. To even further your point, Arsenal have four wins, eight losses, and two draws in 2018. And those losses include Brighton and Hove, Swansea, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, and Ostersons. <laughs> when you were doing the lead-in for this particular match, I think you referred to it as a shock. And I'm just not necessarily sure that you can characterize it as that. Mm-hmm. I didn't look up the stats today, but I think that at last grasp, Arsenal had three away wins in the Premier League during the 17-18 campaign. Anymore, that team just falls to pieces when they're outside of the Emirates. Yeah, And even the Emirates haven't become a, a fortress at this point. And you look... 
fortunately for Arsenal, although it hasn't really mattered, they don't really have any of the big clubs left in the 17-18 campaign. They've got an away game against United, which they'll inevitably lose. There are a host of what you would normally deem fairly easy fixtures to allow them to at least survive and not get overtaken by Burnley for seventh place, which at this point... Arsenal are at 45 points and Burnley are at 40 points and Burnley have a shot at Arsenal on May 5th at the Emirates. So who knows what could happen? They could very easily finish seventh. Mm -hmm. But to directly address your question, I I just don't think that there's anything left. Wenger needs to stop saying that Arsenal fans need to have perspective. Nobody ever denied that City is a far superior team to Arsenal. I think the thing that disappointed Arsenal fans the most over the last week was the fact that the team just laid down and died after Aguero scored that goal in the League Cup final and then blew up in the match at the Emirates. (laughs) Wenger came out at the end of that match and said that it was the most physical performance that Arsenal had put in all campaign. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. He's lost the plot. He is writing a novel. He's like basically your drunk friend that tries to get his keys back from you at a party after he's had (laughs) 20 beers. And he's like, I'm the only one that can do this. You know, get him out of there, bring in Ancelotti, hope for the best for the rest of 17-18. Maybe a new manager gets you another round or two in the Europa League, but burn it all down and start it over in 18-19. That man needs to go. Fresh slate, perhaps. Um, Tim, bringing up those those City games, uh, just to really rub it in here for boys, how did they (laughs) specifically get those two identical victories over them in a space of obviously a week? How did they, how did they, how did they plan that? I mean, honestly, in my opinion, it's just talent and tactics. It's pretty much as simple as that. The uh, city city has the talent because there is some rebuilding to do at Arsenal, uh, especially kind of in the middle back. Uh, and then the tactics, the, the game, and I've mentioned this a lot in my podcast, you know, my uncle Bob is a big uh, Gunners fan here. And so I always preface all my trashing of Arsenal by saying, sorry, Uncle Bob, but uh, <laughs> Wagner's out and, and he needs to go as fast as possible from an Arsenal fan perspective, because when you watch him play a coach like Pep, it's just obvious that whatever made uh, Wenger great back in uh you know the early 2000s and stuff is he just doesn't have anymore and so he needs to go and what i will say though is that i don't think that they're quite as far down from a neutral perspective as maybe a fan does i think they uh they did a they did a good piece of business getting Mkhitaryan for sanchez they uh they got a bomb yang who's a really nice player i love both their fullbacks um especially Kolasinic. really he's a a really good player. And again, like you said, if you bring in Ancelotti, um, I heard rumors of Yogi Love, the German coach coming over possibly uh, after the World Cup. So if you get a a coach who who is more with the modern tactics here, I think uh, they, they can be back in that top top four conversation quicker than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's, as Boyce was saying, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment. Um, Jared, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit about Brighton here. I mean, can't take away from uh, their performance. Do you think they have... Uh, officially locked in safety this season i think they have uh and i think they earned it uh you know they had a bright start and uh we've we've mentioned over and over again how this uh campaign has kind of been a race to the bottom Hmm. uh with not very many points separating 11 through 20 and uh this is huge uh a a a huge win uh for brighton going forward uh and I think what I saw is their organization and focus. I mean, they were they game playing perfectly, uh, and Glenn Murray's goal, uh, that second goal, was just a thing of beauty. Mm. Perfect ball, great finish uh, uh, with the header, and I, you can take nothing away from them. Um, and I think 
frankly, they they should have had a man advantage uh, for a big part of that mm-hmm. game. Colossians yes. uh, tackle, not getting a second yellow is just absurd to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps with them hitting the post uh, early, you know, maybe all things come out level there. But I think, um, like anything, they had a little bit of luck, uh, but uh, they were organized and prepared and it paid off. Let's swiftly move on then to our last one in this category. So, Jared, this one's for you. Uh, what do you think made the last spot? I'm talking about VAR regardless, so I don't care what the answer is. <laughs> it's a killer. Well, you're lucky and fortunate that it is. Uh, it, did, it did snag uh, the third spot this week, which will get you the one point. Uh, here's the lead-in. Spurs' FA Cup replay was riddled with controversy over the week uh, as VAR takes over the game. The final score was 6-1, but VAR, of course, became a huge talking point. So, Jared, I know we've talked about this before, but I just kind of want to hear you say it again. Is VAR the future of English football? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> my thoughts on this, you know, were, uh, uh, you know, we talked about this a couple times, is I am so staunchly against this replay crap that, uh, and even though uh, uh, Spurs are on the receiving end of that first half, which was absolutely Looney Tunes, uh, I'm, you know, I feel a little bit vindicated. Like, this is what happens. A, the disallowing the first goal uh, with just Fernando Llorente and the defender just, you know, grappling in the box will suddenly... Every single pause, every single play was reviewed. Suddenly, it was an NFL match. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we, you know, that, that separates one of the many things uh, is just the fluidity of the sport. And now suddenly, we're taking 10 to 15 seconds to review every single touch on the ball. Uh, and they weren't even getting it right. Mm-hmm. This is aside from VAR, as I don't think I've seen any indication that VAR had anything to do with the uh, uh, disallowing the uh, penalty for Sun. Uh, on the stopping and starting on the run-up, a yellow card, and then a penalty disallowed. I have never seen that before. Mm -hmm. And based on everything I've read, that is simply not a correct application of the rules. Mm -hmm. So it was – it just snowballed and snowballed. Uh, I think this is an example of how bad it can go. I think it will stick around. Um, I think they'll take this as a a learning moment and maybe limit it or limit – you know, uh, the number of times it can be used or something. But clearly uh, there's a reason why this is implemented in the FA Cup and not mm-hmm. uh, in the premiership right now. But uh, hats off to Poch, Juventus uh, scoring three goals in about 45 seconds and uh, the game was in hand. Mm-hmm. Tim, what are your views on VAR as a, as a future in, uh, in English football? You know, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do and, and the, you know, get it right is the, is the number one thing they want to do with this. I, I kind of agree, though. I don't think it is the answer. You look at the American sports, you look at NFL, you look at NBA, you look at college basketball and the replay systems in all those sports. And they've been around long enough that they've been tweaked. They've been uh, tried to have been made better and they still make the last you know four minutes of games unwatchable mm-hmm. in most of those sports. And so I've always been a proponent of adding a second official on the field in uh in in soccer in general but you know in the premier league especially i think that the field is too big these athletes are too fast and uh and, and too good for one person to cover an entire field and i know he gets help from the sides but uh when the nba added a third official uh, it really helped the game i thought in or in in the way of getting things right and so uh i i think var is here to stay at least for the foreseeable future but uh, i think it's unfortunate because i think it's the wrong answer mm-hmm. i actually read too that they would be bringing it in for the World Cup, uh, obviously, this coming summer. So I guess we'll have to see how it works for that. Um, Boyce, uh, your opinion on the matter? I think you mentioned before that it maybe should be something that we need to implement. Has your opinions changed at all? Not really, but I think that you really need to determine what a clear and obvious error is. 
it's a situation where that Spurs match, I'll actually even agree with Jared here. It's ridiculous. I, the center official was consulting VAR after uh, throw-ins. That cannot possibly be the application. Utilization-wise, I, I think it was one of those situations where the, the idea behind this was goal-scoring opportunities, red cards, penalty decisions, big aspects of the match. And at this point, I just don't think that it's being applied in an understandable fashion. You know, a minuscule offside call is not even within the purview of what I thought VAR was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I thought this was really supposed to be applied in circumstances where the center official just missed the call. And I I think Tim's point of view has a, a lot of validity as well that an additional official would help. But I think I still stand where I did before, and I'll be interested to see what its application is like in the World Cup, but it certainly can't be applied the way that it has been now. We don't need a situation where four to five minutes of every match is being overridden by the VAR official attempting to determine whether or not an offside that had no role in a goal-scoring opportunity was offside or not. That's ridiculous. You can't have that. But certainly in situations where they're trying to determine whether or not a red card should be issued or a penalty should have been given or whether or not a dive in the box occurred. Those are decisions that center officials have missed throughout this campaign. And the quality of refereeing has plummeted this season. I think that it's been universally poor and VAR or not, something needs to be done to improve the quality of the premiership center officials. Because the idea that I believe none of them are going to the World Cup is ridiculous. Mm supposed to be the best league in the world and you cannot even get a single center into the premier football event of every four years i mean it just it's an indictment of the quality of refereeing in the premier league Let's quickly move on then to our next game, uh, which is another round of Rumour Mill. Yes, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a British newspaper from the last week. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for a correct guess. Boyce, you are up first. So this one is for you. Spurs midfielder Deli Alley looks to be facing sanctions from the FA due to his alleged dive in his side's victory over Crystal Palace on Sunday. True or false? False. The FA is never going to charge Deli Alley with anything. He could murder somebody in the center of the pitch and they wouldn't charge him with it. <laughs> uh, it is false. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I made up. But I just wanted to hear you say that response. So that was just golden. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so uh, desperately wanted it to be true, didn't you, bud? <laughs> it was a lead-in for that. Uh, Tim, this next one's for you. Chelsea are the frontrunners to sign Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski as the 29-year-old Poland international wants to move to the Premier League. Wow. Uh, you know, I haven't seen that. I'll go ahead and say false just because Chelsea has uh, a glut of tall white guy strikers already, so I don't uh, see a third one coming in. <laughs> you know what? Sadly, it's true. Believe it or not, <laughs> The Sun, being The Sun newspaper, they published that story last week. And again, could be vicious rumors, but that's why it's called Rumor Mill, because you never know what's true or not. Um, I'm surprised they, they had time to do that with all the... Uh, they're, they're pontificating on what uh, Sterling spends at uh, Primark here. <laughs> right. Um, but sadly, no points there for you. Jared. this last one is for you. Everton manager Sam Allardyce says his club's signings over the past two years are not providing value for money. True or false? Hmm. We were true with that being a shot at Rooney. That would be true. Yeah, the Liverpool Echo uh, are clearly trying to stir the pot here. 
um, yep. uh, printing those words. And I, Sam Allardyce didn't respond. So, uh, hey, maybe it is actually true. Maybe he did say that. Uh, but, yes, that'll get you those two points. Right, let's move on then to our last game of the pod. And this is a fan favorite, but it's one with a twist. We're going to play a round of manager profile. So kind of like the previous versions, but this time I'll be giving five clues to different current Premier League managers uh, with each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player will win the two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Guys, are we ready? Ready. Sure. This Let's do be, it. This, yeah, this could be interesting. All right. So player number, or excuse me, manager number one has won the Premier League trophy before. Used to play for Juventus. Is known for his touchline antics. How do we buzz in here? Just say, just, say my name. Well, that counts, honestly. I, I should have told you. <laughs> I, 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 I want to guys my hands right now. You can't see that. <laughs> yeah, I have good my point. Hand up. You, you just shout your name. So, yes, Tim, what do you think it is? Is it Antonio Conte? Antonio Conte, yes, is absolutely correct. And that will get you the two points. The other clues, in case you're interested. Used to manage the Italian national side and now runs things at Chelsea. Um, so good job, Tim. Nice work. All right. Number two has once won silverware with his club. Known as the Professor by the English media. Voice. Jared. Yes, voice. Arsene Wenger. Say it loud, say it proud. Man of everyone's dreams. Yes, that is correct. And that'll get you the two points. Here are your other clues just for interest. Is six foot three, a Frenchman, and name is... Soon to be fired. Soon to be... (laughs) Soon to be out. I wish. (laughs) The other other clue was name is similar to a club that he manages. That might have got it. Um, Number three is an Argentine... Used to play for a Spanish team. Jared. Yes, Jared. That's Mauricio. Mauricio who? Pochettino. No, that's incorrect. <laughs> oh, you, God, you no, did it to me, No, he's frozen you out. Um, let's uh, keep the please rolling so Tim and Boyce are still in it. Uh, his club's located in the southern part of England. First name is Mauricio. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Oh. Google, Google, oh. Google. <laughs> no, no, no idea. Oh, well, that's uh, we'll time you out there. Tim, do you have any guesses? Uh, Silva? No, the answer uh, is... Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Oh, yeah, the last sucked. clue was currently manages Southampton. Tricky one, that one. I'm glad I got Jared. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just move on. we got two left. The next one is an Englishman. Was once considered for the England manager's job. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce is incorrect, and that does freeze you out. So the rest of the clues are for Jared and Tim. Has managed Crystal Palace once. Had previously been boss at Newcastle. Jared. Yes, Jared. Uh, Pardew. Pardew, Alan Pardew. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you the two points. The last clue on that one was currently manages West Brom and probably will in the next season in a lower division. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, last uh, last one of the game. Uh, current scores, by the way, Jared and Tim are tied. Boyce has six. So Boyce is currently in the lead. But if Tim or Jared can get this last one, they will steal the win. So like I said last time, fingers on buzzers or vocal cords ready. Um, 
So here it is. This last one is also an Englishman. Once managed, the Swiss national team is 70 years old. Boys. Yes, boys. Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson is absolutely correct. Yes, that'll get you the last two points. And, of course, that'll get you the victory on today's podcast with a final total of eight points. Boys, how do you feel? Better than Arsenal feel. I was waiting for that. Better than Arsenal feel. Um, Jared? Uh, you know, it's just good for boys to win something lately. Good for, good for you, bud. <laughs> good for you, bud. Um, Tim, why don't you give us a, a few uh, words of you all of your podcasts to tell people, you know, obviously you guys talk about Man City, but uh, how can we reach out to you guys? Um, best way of contacting all that jazz? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, which is at Citizen Podcast. It's spelled C-I-T-Y-Z-E-N podcast uh, or email me directly at citizenabroad at gmail.com spelled the same way c-i-t-y-z-e-n abroad at gmail.com and it is a uh, a podcast for city fans uh by a manchester city fan but also talk um a lot about the epl in general and uh, some u.s men's national team uh when it's pertinent as well unfortunately it's not going to be super pertinent for another four years or so but uh it's a uh, a podcast I've been doing for uh, almost 90 episodes now. And uh, if you have nice. any interest in, in Man City, uh, I hope you check it out. Nice. And you, you do that weekly as well, do you? Yeah, every every Tuesday, Tuesday late Tuesday night, uh, East Coast time is uh, is when it is out. Good stuff. And uh, last question for you. When do you think Man City will win the title? Uh, I'm hoping, you know, there's kind of a, uh, a debate about with Man City fans, whether they hope that... Uh, they win it at the United game mm-hmm. or before the United game, so they have to give them a guard of honor. Uh, <laughs> I would actually, yeah, as much as I would like to see the guard of honor, uh, I kind of hope they hold out till then, and uh, and that game is actually what seals it because I want to just see the uh, the look on Mourinho's face when the final buzzer ends and the tears from all those United fans, Absolutely. glory that once was. That would be great. Well, uh, like I said, I think it's pretty much in the bag, but uh, I guess. We'll see exactly when. Um, but that's all we have time for, folks. Um, before we go, boys, any final words? Nope. I'm going to go drink my sorrows. Go right. Sporting Kansas City. Go Sporting KC. And Jared? <laughs> Until next week, sir. Tim, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks again, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Um, quick shout-out as well for our Twitter feed. Uh, do check us out on at Kick Corner Flag. Visit our website, kickflag.com. And, of course, we have our Facebook page as well. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a good week. And until next time.